This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Western North Carolina. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. October the 20th, 2023. Rainy morning here in uh, the mountains of North Carolina, but uh, some much-needed rain and uh, well. Busy night last night. Again, I drove my wife downstairs. She can't take all the baseball. And then, of course, there was the football game on last night. And I stayed up late to watch the first period of the Bruins game last night. So it was a late one. Um, but uh, lots to get to this morning. Coming up at the 9.15 this morning, Dan Zampano is going to join us. He'll talk about last night's uh, Jacksonville-New Orleans game. An interesting end to that one. Jacksonville almost let it get away. But we'll have Dan on at 9.15 to talk about that. Uh, some of last week's action, and, of course, uh, uh, give us his predictions for the games uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, Major League Baseball, we have a couple of series all of a sudden. Uh, the Diamondbacks, in one of the more compelling games of the playoffs so far this year, beat the Phillies, walking it off in the bottom of the ninth inning. Cattell Marte having himself a hell of a playoffs uh, with the RBI single. Uh, Marte is hitting 382 in eight postseason games this year. And he's uh, hit in 12 straight postseason games. He's got four doubles, a couple of homers, five runs batted in this year, and comes up with a big hit uh, last night. It was interesting uh, last night, and it was a lot of talk about this, about whether it was the right thing to do. And there was a part of me... Uh, and I, you know, I'm so I, I guess this is probably wrong, but there was a part of me last night when Arizona took their young pitcher out of the game. Um, I almost wanted the bullpen to blow it. I know, I know that's terrible, and I and it's a probably a knee jerk reaction uh, to my uh, uh, distaste for uh, analytics. But uh, after reading Tori Lavola's comments this morning, I kind of backed off of that a little bit. But Brandon Fott was great last night for the Diamondbacks. He threw five and two-thirds innings. He only gave up two hits. He struck out nine. He didn't walk anybody. He only threw 70 pitches, and they took him out because they didn't want him to face uh, – the lineup for the Philadelphia Phillies for a third time. So after he had gotten his 18th guy out and Lavolo had said that the plan was to have him pitch to around 18 guys and he was going to see Kyle Schwarber for the third time, they took him out. And they bring in uh, the young kid out of the bullpen, Andrew Salfrank, another another rookie. 
who, by the way, pitched a grand total of 10 innings in the regular season, right? And you're going to bring him into this pressure cooker. So what does he do? He comes in and he walks Kyle Schwarber, right? So you're like, oh, wow, this was a great move. Now, fortunately, uh, he ended up getting Trey Turner uh, to ground into a force out and got out of the inning. But, look, Lavulo even acknowledged, he says, I'm probably the most unpopular guy in the state of Arizona today. He said, but we had a plan, and he said, look, this isn't, this was not about analytics. This was about talking to my pitching coach, talking to my bench coach, looking at what he had done during the regular season, and realizing this is where we need to be with him. We can't let him go a third time around the batting order. And when you look at Fott's regular season statistics, it's kind of hard to argue with Lavulo, but it just, you know, the this whole narrative of a third time around the lineup just pisses me off. <laughs> you know, it just does. Um, because a lot of it's eggheads that, you know, never played the game. But this was Tori Lavulo saying, look, this wasn't about the front office telling me I had to do this. This was about a baseball decision. And this was a, a move that we felt going into the game was the right move for him. So that's what we needed to do. And, all right, I'll I'll buy that. I'll buy it. Um, you know, because – and we also do know that in the playoffs, the the hooks are usually quicker. So, but I mean, this kid was pitching a game of his life, and he had pitched well the ga- the game before that in the playoffs. But again, you look at the regular season; he had an ERA of almost six, right? I mean, he gave up sixty-one runs in ninety-six innings in the regular season. So, you know, I, I get it. Um, at the time, I was like, oh, my God. You know, and it was the cranky get-off-my-lawn guy had, you know, kind of came out and was, like, <laughs> getting annoyed uh, by this. But it turned out to be the right thing, and the Arizona Diamondbacks win the game, so they have themselves back in the series. Uh, it's two games to one. They have two more games in Arizona. Um, you know, we'll see what happens as we go forward. The Phillies are still the better team here. Let's, I mean, let's make no mistake about it. The, the Phillies are still a better team. They only had three hits yesterday, but they ran into a, a kid that was hot. And the, give the bullpen a lot of credit. Three and a third innings, and, you know, uh, they did a good job. Outside of Saul Frank, who, who walked two guys. And, you know, the only run the Phillies scored came off of him because he walked uh, a guy to start the uh, – uh, the seventh inning, and then they quickly get him out of there. And then after that, it was, you know, one hit the rest of the way. And Paul Seawald picks up uh, the victory uh, pitching the ninth inning after uh, the Marte base hit. So we have ourselves a series there. And I don't know about you, but after watching the Houston Astros, the way they dismantled Texas the last couple of games in Arlington, this almost seems inevitable that Houston is going to wind up going back to the World Series. I hope I'm wrong. But, man, last night they jumped out 3-0. Texas crawls back into the game, right? They They tie it up at three at the end of three, and then Houston comes out in the fourth inning and hangs up a four spot. 
and it just got uglier and uglier after that. Look, they've played seven games in Arlington at Globe Life this year. The Astros have outscored Texas 74-32 to in those seven games. You know, I mean, ugh. You know, and now we're tied at 2-2. Texas has to win this game today. They have to. Um, but, well, you know, maybe not. You know, the thing is, is what's weird about this is the Astros aren't very good at home. So even, I guess, even if the Astros win this and go up three games to two, I guess nothing's guaranteed. The Astros were three games under 500 at home this year. We saw Texas go in, win the first two games in Houston. Um, but if you are Texas, knowing that, you have to get this game tonight. And Nate Evaldi is going to have to be the man again. Any chance they have of winning this series goes through Nate Evaldi. But uh, Jose Abreu, that three-run bomb in the fourth thing, an absolute killer. Abreu, who was, you know, uh, whose power numbers were down in the regular season, is having himself a pretty good postseason. But, man, I, the, the, that Houston team is just, oh, man, what a load. <laughs> You know, Jose Arquiti was not great last night, but again, bullpen, six and two-thirds innings of shutout baseball. They allowed just three hits. I mean, you just, you can't ask for any more than that. And they only walked one guy. So the bullpen did yeoman work, and uh, you got to tip your cap to the Astros, but now it's looking more and more likely that Houston is heading back to the World Series but I am praying to all that is holy that is not the case. It's 15 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Dan Zampano will join us to talk NFL football. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 18 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a Friday morning. And as we are every Friday, we are joined by Dan Zampano of the Sunday Card. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Gene, it's good to be back. I cannot believe that it's week number seven uh, and how miserable this year has gone <laughs> for me personally as a fan. It can't get over soon enough. Yeah, except you got married this year. So, you know what? The football season, you know, that everything takes a backseat to that, right? That's so true. Good answer. At least, at least that's what we tell her. <laughs> that's you <know>? right. That's <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's get to last night's game. We'll start off with that. Um, the Look, uh, Jacksonville survives. I expected Jacksonville was going to win yeah. this game, but I gotta, I gotta start with this. I'm getting very, very tired of coaches going for it on fourth down all the time. Jacksonville <laughs> damn near gave this game away because they decide to go for it on fourth and a couple of yards near midfield. They give the ball back to the Saints, and what do the Saints do? They score. Um, you know, we saw that in college football this past weekend. By the way, we could talk about that later, but what a great game that uh, that Oregon-Washington game is. But, man, their coach is a bullethead. <laughs> Just a bullethead. But, <laughs> but, but, I mean, going forward on fourth down, I mean, it's like it was like Doug Peterson was trying to give this game away. Well, you know, it's funny. He did it twice. He yes. He a fake punt in the first half, uh, which ended up working out. And you could see – You could see, and that's a great example of these fourth downs and why they're kind of risky and you really have to know when to do it. 
is because there's such momentum momentum plays, right? I mean, right. he does it in the first half, and he gets a fake punt, and everybody's like, oh, it was a great play call. And then he does it in the second half when they're up by a touchdown. My, my issue was not him going for it on fourth down. My issue was why are we in shotgun on fourth down? <laughs> yes, well, that, that too. I will never understand. It's fourth and one. Yeah. I mean, like, you're giving it away. You're giving it away. There's no way, unless you're Andy Reid, there's no way that you're, <laughs> you're throwing the ball on fourth and one. You know? Right. You're just not going to do it. Yep. Um, so, you know, it just made no sense. And I thought the Jags should have won by so much more. I mean, they were dominant. That was – you know, there was a guy on the broadcast last night. They went to a fan, and he had a great sign, and it said Amazon, and then it had the search bar, and it said offense in it because, <laughs> because it, was, it was terrible. I mean, the Saints, I, I, I've, you know, in New England, been so frustrated with offense and, like, being used to Brady. Remember, that, that franchise is used to, to Breeze yeah. and them operating at a high level. This kid, this guy Carr is checked down Charlie. I mean, it is nauseating yeah. to watch their offense perform because they can't run the football the entire first half. Somehow in the second half, they found something and woke up because I think the Jaguars really got back on their heels. They're really trying to protect the lead. Um, so, you know, credit them for taking advantage of that. But, but, man, this Saints offense is a drag. And it was just not a well-played football game. But give them credit. They came back in the end. And I think – I think the biggest play, obviously, was that huge play that Christian Kirk made. Yep. You know, at the end of the game, he, his run, uh, <laughs> him beating Tyron Matthew, yeah. that was a beautifully run route, and, yeah. and Jacksonville ended up prevailing. And now they've won four in a row. So, you know, you can't you can't sleep on the Jags. I just I wish they had played a little better. It would have convinced me a little more. You, you mean the run where Al Michaels thought he stepped out at the one yard line and sounded? Yes, that one. Yeah, Sorry, I, Al. Oh, I, he's the look, greatest of all I lo- time. I he's love Al. Sleep now. Yeah, I love Al, but it's like you know, Al's. It's time. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, and, and as a yeah. broadcaster myself, it's hard for me to uh, to to say that about another broadcaster. But Al's definitely lost a few miles right. off the fa- a few miles an hour off the fastball. There's no question about that. Oh, no question. Uh, yeah. But I guess if you're a Saint fan, um, I guess the thing you take away from last night is Alvin Kamara looks like his old self a little bit. You know, I mean, uh, their offense. I mean, the fact, like you said, dude, with Carr checking down all the time, it makes it a little bit easier for Kamara. But Alvin Kamara looked a little bit uh, more like the, what we expect last night. I thought yeah, Alvin Kamara is a great player. We all know that. Uh, my brother, uh, who's an Eagles fan, was texting me last night. And he, he tweeted something out. He said. Alvin Kamara is like the Devontae Adams of running backs. And it <laughs> yeah. really is it yeah. really is true. You yep. know, like he's underutilized. Yep. Yep. But he's an amazing player, you yeah. know? Um so to me, if I'm a Saints fan, I look at it and I say, We got such a great defense. Our defense is so stellar. Uh they got torched last night. Right. Um and that that was very, very concerning to see their defense just not be able to cover any of those receivers. Uh, but what's even more concerning is the fact that they're tied to Carr for the, for, for however many years is on his contract. Right. I mean, that cannot happen. Oof. I mean, they can't they can't go through this. Yeah. Carr is Carr is legitimately. I mean, he's had his day in the sun. Like it, it's over. Yep. It is over. I know that he was tough last night. He was fighting through a groin injury. He came back. He made some big time throws at the end of the game. But man, I mean, this whole season is just it's too volatile. Yeah. It's too volatile and. 
you know, I, I think they really need to make a change. I, I don't know whether that's Jameis Winston or not, but if, if they can find somebody in the draft next year, I mean, they got to go for it because this can't continue. Um, how about, uh, you know, the guy I feel the worst about from last night's game, I feel bad for that kid, Foster um, Moreau. Oh, right. I mean, him. I mean, that's a, that you got to make that catch. You got to make that catch. And I mean, you you, you, I, you, I love the fact that they cut to like a close up of his face <laughs> after he dropped the ball oh, and he's like, killing him. oh, there, there, there goes my career. You know, I mean, <laughs> that, I mean, that was, just, I you felt, I felt bad for him. You remember, you remember Jackie Smith in the Super Bowl? Yes. Dropping the ball? Yes, yes. Like, that's literally, like, because yep. that level of, <laughs> yep. just, he's the sickest man in America, you know? Yeah. Like, he just, it's that, that level of, of just, ugh, you know? Um, I guess, and I guess if you're the Jags, look, um, there was questions about the health of Trevor Lawrence, you know, and he looked pretty good last night. I mean, he's supposedly, you know, gimpy a little bit he ends up being their leading rusher and stating how bad the injury was i'm not sure which it is no uh, uh, he had a brace on he was running like the wind he I was mean, yeah they said he really couldn't cut but they said he really couldn't cut but he didn't in a straight line i mean holy cow yeah. like, get on your horse and ride right trevor you know i mean he's got that beautiful golden mane too so it probably makes it look <laughs> even faster but, but it's it's uh it's just unbelievable. The kid is really good. He yeah. missed some open throws last night. I think probably due to you know planting and whatnot with his footwork. But he's going to need he's going to need a good solid ten days off. And and I think he'll be better. That was a great performance by him. He made a few mistakes. He 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 uh, he got baited by Marshawn Lattimore there at the end of the first half. Yep. Luckily, that was a, that was an incompletion. But but other than that, I think Lawrence the, the sky's the limit. He's still developing too, which is unbelievable. So he could be even better than he is. And now they they they'll find themselves with a uh, with probably a pretty good lead in the uh, in the AFC South. I mean that that division is suddenly yeah. you know with Richardson being out in Indianapolis. I mean I know that that Houston is. Uh, Kind of probably performed way better than people They're thought. Playing well, uh, yeah, I don't know how yeah, long. Well. I know CJ Stroud finally threw an interception. I don't know how long they can keep that up, but you have to think that Jacksonville is the odds-on favorite to win that division now, don't you? No question. I mean, they, they have been since the beginning of the season, and as we predicted, and you know, but Houston. Uh, I'm not going to sleep on them, man. They, they've got a lot of young, good talent on that team. That those superstars, but just watch out. Stroud is who, who, who he's been. You know, look out. Yeah. Let's get to some of last week's games. Uh, let's start with the uh, with the Patriots game. And, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I, well, we got to talk about it. Um, we do. You know, you you get Jimmy Garoppolo out of the game, and you still can't win the damn game. Um, is, is there anything going right? If you Is there anything on the Patriots' side right now where you can say, here's a bright spot, give it to me? Tell me what it is. I think we're with Aaron Rodgers in the dark room. I mean, that's that's where I think we are, you know? I mean, I I just, Gene, you know, you think when you get beat 38-3, to you got a home game against the Saints team that's got a bad offense, and you'd respond, right? Right. And then you don't score. Right. You lose 34-0 on your home field. And then your coach says, okay, we're starting over. Well, we all wanted to know what to score to touchdown. So right. you end up getting lucky. First play of the game is a false start. Right. First play of the game. Okay? Yeah. Then tell you that the players are responding to the coach yeah. anymore. Yeah. I mean, what what are we doing here? Nothing 
since he's been here. Right. And both him and Juju are, are just useless yep. on on this team. You know, they should be cut if they weren't making the money they're making. Right. So, you know, it's it's totally broken and ridiculous. The best you can do at this point is develop the young players. Let Mafi play and all the side so and all the linemen. Let let Douglas and Bouquet play uh, at receiver. Let these kids play and see what you got. See who deserves to be on this team. See who – I mean, there's a great chance that they could trade – Hunter Henry or Kyle Duggar or mm-hmm. Josh Uche, um, you know, who do you want to sign for next year? Uh, probably the defensive players, knowing Bill, if he's even here. And then your evaluation is, what are we doing at coach? Right. What are, think, we, are, we, yeah. are we keeping him around? Like, yeah. that's the big question. It's not a lot, and there's not a great answer to that question right now. Yeah, you know, that was, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, well, maybe Bill the GM needs to go. But if if he has truly lost this team and that they are not responding to him and he is supposed to be, you know, the greatest of, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time, if he can't get these guys to respond, maybe maybe Bill's lost a few miles off of his fastball. You know, maybe, maybe uh, his uh, – his sullen persona that he presents to the media and to the public, maybe mm. that has, is maybe that's what he's showing his players now. I don't know, but uh, something's got to something's got to change, and it may have to it may have to start at the top. As much as as distasteful as that sounds, that may be ha- maybe where it has to start. And, and you know, you think about the team. I know they've had injuries and they've played right. a really really hard schedule and this that and the other, but. You know, you look at last year, Gene, what did we talk about that made us kind of uneasy about this year? Is that all their wins, they had seven wins last year against backup quarterbacks. Right. right. Against just bad quarterbacks. And now the backup quarterback comes in, and now you can't even beat that. A guy that used to at be yours, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> that guy, Hoyer the, Hoyer the Destroyer, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, they can't even do that anymore, which, I mean, this is really bottomed out, and it's shocking. It's totally shocking that they were competitive for the first two weeks, three weeks of the season, and it is just completely fall. They Like, the Raiders, like, the Raiders are just kind of bad, yeah. and, and they've kind of fallen on, fallen their way towards Ford's three and three. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a team you should beat. Right. That's a team you should beat, and, and they didn't play very well either. Um, but you gave it away. I mean, you, you got and you got outplayed. Honestly, you right. got outplayed on offense. You got outplayed on defense. You got outplayed on special teams. Right. I mean, it was just all around bad. And you know, at this point, you know, I, I've always said, loser organizations tank. Um, I don't know if the Patriots have a choice whether they're going to tank or not because they don't have the talent. They just don't have it. Well, you know, and I don't know that it's tanking, but, you know, kind of your thing of let's see what we got with the young kids. If you play all the young kids, it's not exactly tanking. It is giving you some uh, some insight maybe into next year. But at the same time, you know, and I, and I, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but at the same time you look and say, well, we could find ourselves in the t- in the top two or three in this next year's draft, depending on how yeah. things go. And, you know, if Mac Jones truly isn't the guy, and it appears he is not, um, and even and look, this isn't. I'm not saying Mac Jones can't play, but it's another one of these situations where in New England, I don't think it matters what he does for the rest of his time there. People have have just given up on Mac Jones. 
they've made up they've made up their mind. No question. And it's not even to say that you have to you have to trade him or whatever. Like you could keep Mac Jones on the roster next year if you draft a quarterback. Right. I, I mean, Back up. He, yep. he's going to be in his fourth year, and, yep. and if you have. A kid, you can make it a quarterback competition. Yeah, you know, like he could be a backup. He, why would you let him go? You know, and maybe obviously Mac would drive himself out. You know, um, and 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 try to force it, force the hand of a trade. But heck, no, man, you're on a rookie contract. You know, who's taking <laughs> right. you right now? That's exactly so, right. So you know, at, at at the end of the day, you know, that's the strategy that I think the crafts and uh, first the first things first is the crafts have to figure out who's the head coach and who's the general manager. Right. You know, if if it's not going to be Bill, who is it? That's the first thing we have to get done before we do any draft talk. Agreed, agreed. Um, well, uh, well, we had uh, two undefeated teams before last week, and two absolute shockers. Um, which one were you most surprised by? Cleveland beating the Niners or the Jets beating the Eagles? Which one? Which one shocked you more? Well, first, I just want to say I'm 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 a little miffed at you because we Why? didn't get to pick these games, and I was going to pick the Jets. You were not. I, I picked the Jets. I was. Come I had on. It on the Sunday card. I said, "Take the Jets." I said, "Take the Jets on the on the spread. Take them on the money line." And so I wasn't surprised by the Eagles losing. I mean, I I mean, I was kind of. I was right. I was like, "This is a big whale," but right. You know, I, I still was confident, and I I liked the Jets a lot. It was the perfect time. For the Eagles to lose, they're on the road. They're they're not playing, you know, up to what they were playing to last year. As much as the Jets were zero and twelve against them all time, right? Like I just thought, like it was it was a great little spot for the Jets to at least keep it close and maybe even win it. And the Eagles, of course, turned the ball over. They missed a kick. Yep. Uh, they gave the ball away. They refused to run the football. Um, yeah. What was that so, about? You know, I thought. Yeah, they they didn't they didn't do any of that no. in the second half when no. they were leading the entire game. Yep. Um, so so that was not as surprising. Cleveland was shocking. I mean, P.J. Walker could do nothing. <laughs> he had one pass to yeah. Amari Cooper. That yeah. was a deep shot. Yep. And the whole rest of the game, I think they had, what, 50 yards? Something passing? like that. I yeah. mean, what, I, they, were, they were awful. Yeah. They were awful. But, man, that defense is good. Man, that defense is really good. Jim Schwartz has been coaching against that style of offense for, for 30 years since Mike Shanahan was back in Denver doing it. I mean, that's, he knows that style of offense. Um, McCaffrey went out, right. Debo went out, right. Trent Williams went out. They got the injuries bugs in San Francisco going for them. Uh, and then the, their rookie kicker missed a kick at the end of the game. Right. Um, so all the combinations of things where the defense won the game, the, uh, the Browns made just enough plays. Yep. And they got lucky with injuries, and they got lucky with field goal kicking uh, with the weather involved. Yep. It was, again, I didn't think that the Browns would win. I did pick them on our spreads picks. Right. But I I, I was very shocked that San Francisco didn't handle business because Purdy, Purdy made some mistakes, but Purdy also made some great throws yeah. in that game. The most, so the, 49ers, got, 49ers were growing, and, and to lose that game is like, wow. I mean, you look at the final stats, and, I mean, they had – the Niners had 215 yards of offense for the, for an entire game. They they do yeah. that in a, they usually do that in a half. Um, the yeah. the most shocking stat to me from that game: George Kittle, one catch, one yard. Yeah, I mean he was a non-factor Completely in that game. Uninvolved. Yeah, I mean it's mm-hmm. just bizarre. Um, let me. I want to <laughs> along with this. 
there was a lot of talk this week and, and, and about the whole system quarterback thing. And it got Kyle Shanahan a little, a little hot under the collar. Um, you know, a lot of people just kind of uh, intimating that the only reason Brock Purdy is doing what he's doing has nothing to do with Brock Purdy. It has to do with Kyle Shanahan. And this, you know, it, it, how do you fall on that? Uh, I think I think a lo- I think some of it has to do with Kyle Shanahan. To put it all on Kyle Shanahan is that's a little that that's that's a pretty pretty big slight to a kid that was the last pick in the draft. Like you know, you don't realize how much work goes in to, right. to even make the team right. when you're the last pick in the draft. Let alone start. Let alone play well. Let alone play as you know. Brock Purdy right now is one of three quarterbacks in the league. That has 150 pass attempts and two or interceptions or less. That's amazing. They're, they're, yeah. And the only other two are Justin Herbert and surprisingly, C.J. Stroud. Right. So uh, that that is that is phenomenal. He's literally playing at an MVP level, and you're saying, "Oh, it's the system." Right. Like, grow up, man. <laughs> I mean, <grow> up. <laughs> I mean, yes, the system. The system benefit is better. sure it does, and that's what you want. But you want that for any quarterback. You know, Justin Herbert, the system they run, that benefits him to his skills. Right. Case closed. Right. I mean, that's just that's that's literally, you know, we got Lamar Jackson. We could go on and on about systems helping out quarterbacks put their best uh, you know, potential and, and their best skills and enhance those. Yep. You know? Just because Brock Purdy is young, like he's developing, sure, but and, and of course the, the scheme helps him, but do not make a mistake that Brock Purdy didn't put in the work and isn't talented enough to do it. I mean, that kid, that kid, you know, you don't play at that level and have it all be on someone else's, you know, credit card. Right. You know? Right. Agreed. Agreed. A um, couple other games from last week. If you're a Patriot fan and, you know, I look uh, – we're not we're not going to have you pick this game. I mean, the the Pats are I think eight and a half point dogs going into the game this week. But if you look at the way the Giants played the Bills last week, does that give you hope? Mm. <laughs> I mean, the Giants. Uh, I mean, the Giants uh, led at the half, and and you know it was six nothing. It could have been it. It should have been at least nine nothing. Um, you know, if they don't you know blow the. Uh, uh, the play down at the end of, at the end of the half, and I thought Brian Dable's head was going to explode. Um, but if, if but if you're if you're a Patriot fan, look, the Bills have not been overwhelming. Josh Allen has not been, you know, it, it, I I don't want to say he's taken a step backward. I mean, you know, but I think maybe he has he taken a step backward. I don't know. He just he was underwhelming last week. Gene, the first three quarters of the game, the last two weeks. The Bills have scored seven points in each of the first three quarters right. of the last two games. Right. So, so that's that's concerning. I don't know really what's wrong with them. I know their offensive line is very shaky. I think the right tackle position is a mess for them. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do know is this: they're playing a lot more two tight end sets, which they have not done in the past. They they play more two tight end sets than anyone in the league outside of the Atlanta Falcons. Um. So that's very divergent from what they've done the last three years. Uh, and, and I think they've tried to establish a run game more. Yep. And I think they've tried to establish their tight ends in the game more. And remember, Kincaid didn't play last week. So that probably hurt them a little bit. But, you know, I think these first quarters and first halves have just been brutal. If the Patriots want to have any shot 
they have to do two things, right? They have to get the bills into third and seven or longer, and they have to they have to take away digs. Right now, I think I think. Well, you say good luck, but if you look at the numbers, the Patriots are the number one team against wide receiver ones in the league. I mean, they've they've shut down wide receiver ones. And the problem is that they haven't been able to shut down anybody else on the team. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's a huge problem. <laughs> but I will say, Stephon Diggs garners the most targets of any wide receiver in the league for their team. He's relied on, I think it's like 33% of the time, he's the one that's getting targeted, wow. which is by far the most of anybody, right. uh, any wide receiver one in the league. So they really rely heavily on Diggs, which they have for the last few years and that's been something that's been a, a criticism of of the buffalo offense but uh, and then if you look at their third and sevens gene the last two weeks in the situation when they're in third and seven or longer they're one for nine on pass attempts they've gained a total of seven yards hmm. i mean that it's fascinating when you do that uh, those are the two things i think the patriots have to do to even have a shot to win this game mm-hmm. But man, it's it's just going to be hard with everybody else. Can they guard Diggs? Yes. Can they stop anybody else? That's a huge issue. And you know, Josh Allen has been their kryptonite. So, oh, yeah. and that's just on the defensive side. Let alone the offensive side, where the Bills are leading the league in sacks. <laughs> right. So, um, so, so that's going to be a real tall order. They have to run the football that this week, though, if they want to have a shot. And and not just with Ramondre Stevenson. They need to put Zeke as the lead back. They really do. How about that? He's How the about most, that? He's the most explosive player. He is. He's the most explosive player. If anybody watching the game and tell me that Ramondre Stevenson's been a more explosive player than Zeke Elliott. Yeah, no, tell he me. hasn't. I mean, take out, Gene, take out the New Orleans and Dallas games because both of them sucked in that game. Yeah. You take those out. Ramondre's averaging 3.3 yards a carry. Zeke's averaging 4.2. Hmm. You tell me. Hmm. How about that? Never would have thought that was going to be the case. Um, yeah. Uh, so I know you held your nose when you made this pick last week when you picked the Chargers to beat the Dallas Cowboys. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what, that was as bad as I have seen Justin Herbert throw the football last week. He was mm. way off. Uh, you know, and I don't I don't know whether to give credit to to the Dallas, you know, front the that that for rushing him or what. He just was I mean, he was missing guys by a mile. Yeah, and, and I don't I don't know what happened to Herbert. He, his injury is on his non-throwing hand. Non-throwing hand, so right? See how yeah. that could be a factor that much, you know. Well, and they got and they had you know they had Eckler back. My God, he carried the ball fourteen times. I think he averaged under two yards a carry, didn't he? I mean, he was yeah. awful, and and, and yeah. it wasn't like Dallas was any great shakes. Um, you know, and and I I don't get it. I, this Charger team is the most bizarre. You know, then again, they have been for their entire history of their of the franchise, haven't yeah. they? And it just doesn't change. It just doesn't change. Yeah, it, it doesn't change. And you know, I think the Chargers. Look, I think Mike Williams being out has been a, a major damper yep. on on their on their team, and Eckler being out too. But you could see, like Eckler in the game seemed like seemed like there was just not a good communication level. Like you. Saw that, that that down by the goal line there, right? The really the end where they had to settle for a field goal. Mm-hmm. Like he's waving off Herbert, telling like not sure what they're running. They run a wildcat play, uh, you know. After that, it's like, what are we doing down right. here? It's like the red zone has just been weird for them. And 
you know, I don't know, man. That, that I, it's, They're the hardest team in the league to figure out because they got more talent than anybody, and they squander more of it than anybody. It's just unbelievable how they do it. Well, and if you're the Cowboys, I mean, that's a that's a good win. I mean, especially with the Eagles losing, it's almost like a win. They almost had to have that win, didn't they? With the with the Eagles losing, yeah. You know, I mean, it yeah, just, they did because now they can now they can catch them when they play them, right? If they, if they stay undefeated, so. exactly. And the last game I want to talk about from last week, uh, Joe Burrow looks like uh, he looks better. You know, he's still not, you know, uh, the MVP kind of candidate I thought he was going to be. But uh, that was a, a solid win for the Bengals last week. But the Seahawks just uh, – uh, Geno Smith, you know, he throws for 326 yards, but just – what an he had an awful game. Just awful. Gene, this is uh, – I, I, I'm sorry. Burrow had a nice half. They were terrible in the second half. Yeah. And the only reason the Bengals won this game is because the Seahawks – had the ball inside the 10-yard line on four possessions yep. in the second half. Yep. They scored three points Right. on those possessions. Are you kidding? Yeah. Like, that is beyond stink. That is, <laughs> that is like landfill offense. Um, like, and, and give the Bengals credit for, for this. Their defense stepped up. Their pass rush stepped up for them. The Sam Hubbards, the Trey Hendricksons. Those guys stepped up for them. I am still not convinced about this Bengal offense. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I thought that they took a step back from the week before. They played a much better defense in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Arizona's defense is terrible. Yep. Um, I, I'm not convinced yet. Okay. I, I think if the, if the Bengals' defense can play decent like that, sure, and in the combination and the Bengals can get you 20 points, 21 points, and that defense is going to play you know, rock solid, Sure, like we could have the conversation, but I'm not willing to really do much with Joe Burrow. He's better. He's getting incrementally inching forward better, but they're definitely not where they need to be yet, no question. All right, let's get to this week's games and uh, get your take on these three and four last week. Still over 500, but just barely. Um, Goodness, I mean, sir, I mean, I mean, the Seahawks game, you know, all like the totally like a bunch of games where. Totally could have gone the other way. He just got totally unlucky. Um, let's start this week, and there are some stinkers this week. I'm sorry. I mean, it was finding uh, it's a bad week. Finding good games to to talk about, and the, the, perhaps the worst game. Well, there's two really bad games we're going to talk about. Let's start with this one. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is this is why you get the big bucks, Dan. Um, Thank you. Cleveland at Indianapolis. Uh, yeah. Cleveland, a three-point favorite. We have we have uh, Gardner Minshew, uh, and we don't know who the quarterback's going to be for Cleveland. There is a chance, I guess, that uh, Deshaun Watson could play. He threw at practice yesterday, so they're still leaving the door open that he could play. I'm not sure that it's going to make a whole hell of a lot of difference, but uh, so where do you see this one? You know, something's weird going on with Deshaun Watson. He's been medically cleared to play for three weeks. I know, yeah. And 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 why isn't he playing? Yeah. I mean, uh, go figure. Something weird's going on with Deshaun Watson. Shocking. But um, yeah, so I don't know, man. I mean, this this seems like a excellent letdown spot for the Browns, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, a game where they might sleepwalk. Last week was a perfect storm. An undefeated team. They had weather. They were at home. Like their defense played really well, and now they get the Colts, who are literally 
from the uniforms to how they play, the most average team yep. in the league. Yep. I mean, they just are – they don't do anything well, but they don't do anything terrible. Right. I mean, they're just – they're so blasé. It's unbelievable. So, and Minshew, man, was just awful. He was just awful. Yep. So, I, I got to imagine that they kind of bounce back a little bit. I, I am very nervous to take the Colts in this game, but call it upset of the week, I guess. Give me the Colts. I just think it's I think it's a bounce back spot for them. I think it's a letdown spot for the Browns on the road indoors. Easier track for for Minshew to play on, um, and they got to get Taylor going. I mean, I know the Browns defense is really good, but I, I think if they can get Taylor out in open space and just try to hold down this Browns defense, their field goal kicking, by the way. I mean, they got a good kicker. Matt Gay is a really good kicker, and. If, they can score on every drive if they get it to like the, the forty. So, um, you know, I, I really like the. I, I like. I don't like the Colts. I'm just making it up. <laughs> I know the Colts. I guess they could say that. Uh, big NFC South game this week, and two teams that need to bounce back after losses last week. Uh, Atlanta is at Tampa. Tampa is a two and a half point favorite. And uh, by the way, Baker Mayfield was uh, just awful last week. Not great. No. Not great. You no. Know. You know, I think I think though you got to remember Atlanta's not great either. I mean, no. they had a bunch of yards. They outgained Commanders by like 200 yards. Yep. And they just turned the ball over. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's awful. Gene, this has the largest discrepancy of turnover differential outside of the Monday night game between the 49ers and Vikings. Yeah. It's the largest discrepancy of turnover differential this week. The Bucks have a plus six turnover differential. The Falcons have a minus six Yikes. turnover differential. I mean, I can't trust a team that can't hold on to the ball. Right. And they're always playing from behind. Desmond Ritter, the first half for the Falcons since Desmond Ritter has come into the league, they've scored the least amount of points of any team. Really? I mean, it, so they're always playing from behind. And Look, I know the Bucks didn't play great offensively last week. But defensively, you know, even though the Lions had some explosive plays, they did kind of hold them down a little bit. You know, they slowed down that Lions offense. And to me, I think the Bucks are. This is a good again back-to-back home games for the Bucks, um, where you know that they kind of got embarrassed last week. I know that people think that maybe they're a little bit overrated, and you know, by their numbers are too inflated and this and that. I think Atlanta's passing defense numbers are, are super inflated. They don't face any passes. And that's why I think their numbers are so good. So I think this is going to be a good spot for the Bucks to win this game and win it maybe by, you know, four or five points here. A couple of teams coming off of victories uh, last week. We have uh, Detroit at Baltimore in what should be a very, very entertaining game. Uh, Baltimore is a three-point favorite. Are you surprised by that? To that big of a favorite? Yes, I am. You know, I thought this, this, you know, smell, I, I wouldn't have been surprised to be honest with you if Detroit had been favored in this one. Um, but I would, even if I was going to favor Baltimore, I would think this would be like a one point, one, one and a half, something like that. And that's exactly why we would take the Ravens in the three, because that's, that's right. There is what every person in America would think, why are the lions are, why are the lions? a three-point dog. Right. I mean, they're like, they might be the best team in the league. Right. Uh-uh. Nobody's talking about these Ravens. Right. This Ravens defense is Pretty next good. level. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. this is a really good team. Lamar is actually having, in terms of completion percentage and, like, expected completion percentage, yeah. he's having one of the best years he's ever had. His team just dropped so many balls. It's disgusting. So, um, you know, he's had that issue going for him. But you look at Detroit. Detroit's supposed to have this, like, great offense and whatnot. 
Uh, do they have any running backs in this game? I mean, I, I think Gibbs might play, okay. but Montgomery's hurt. Right. Their third string is hurt. You know, and, and it's going to be hard to throw the ball on Baltimore. They're one of the best pass defenses in the league. And, and then you can see the Baltimore rushing attack. I mean, that's a good team. And I know Detroit's got great numbers and they're really good at running defense. But look at the de- look at the defense. Look at the offenses that they played the last couple of weeks. They played right. Tampa, who does not run the football. Right. They play Atlanta. They play. They've played uh, Green Bay, who didn't have Aaron Jones right. uh, when they played them. You know, uh, and I'm blanking on the third team, but they, they, they've been they've been, oh, Carolina, and we have well, no yeah. explanation needed. Right, right. So you know, I mean, for that. So I, I think that Baltimore can control the pace of this game. High wind in this game, I think, will affect Goff. He's much worse outdoors, like we said, right? Uh, and much worse on the road. So uh, I'm going to take the Ravens here to win and cover the number. I think that I think this will be a good win for them. Another putrid game, because uh, <laughs> I love giving these to you. <laughs> you just love you uh, love this like toilet bowl game. The, you're going but to. we got a lot of them. Well, this uh, th- that's the kind of week we got. Uh, the Commanders are at the New York Giants, and the Commanders are favored. By three points. How is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> that's what. That's why How I brought. How is that possible? <laughs> it makes no sense to me, other than you just look at the records, I guess. And the Giants are one and five, and the Giants just find ways to screw things up, and they're only scoring eleven points a game. So let's say Vegas has kind of lowered the numbers now on you know home field advantage. Where it's not like three points for home field; it's like one and a half now. Right. But you're telling me that. Uh, you're telling me that. <laughs> You know, if we had this game in Washington, the Commanders would be six-point favorites. Yeah, no, yeah, you and, know? and you know what? And I with mean, the Giants, and with the Giants that. having Saquon Barkley back, I, I don't see. I just don't. I don't get it. I think the Giants played really. I mean, look at that Giant defense. Those yeah. two linebackers, yeah, Okereke and McFadden. Yep. I mean, they're awesome. Those are good players, and like. You know, that Washington O-line stinks. They totally stink. Yep. Sam Howell's been just living on the grass. You know, he's basically been he's basically he's basically been at Woodstock the entire time, just living <laughs> on the grass. Just like, you know, that's what he's doing. In in more ways than one, right? right? I mean, it's literally it. So so I I think the Giants respond this week. You know, Tyrod Taylor, you know they're not putting up points, but they're not turning the ball over with him either. Right. So I do kind of like the Giants here a lot. This is going to be a low-scoring game. Again, wind, rain, that's going to be a factor in a lot of these games. Uh, you know, and, and, the, and both teams have terrible kickers. So I, I'm going to take the uh, I'm going to take the Giants to win this game outright. Okay. And uh, and get a win. Although this might end in a tie, like it did last year. So who knows? <laughs> um, this is a uh, this next one. The two teams that, that need wins here. Uh, Pittsburgh is at the Rams. The Rams are a three point favorite. I actually think I that's, mean, and I actually, and I'm, su- I'm surprised. I actually thought it would. I'm surprised. I thought that was kind of low. I thought the Rams would be favored by more. So you're starting to buy in on the Rams. Probably. I am. Yeah, I am. And I'm, and I I'm, like and I'm, and I'm, and I'm down on Pittsburgh. I like it, even though Pittsburgh is, you know, the quote unquote winning record. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, this is a great, usually a great spot for Mike Tomlin on the road as a dog. Like, right. You know, that's his bread and butter, but. I agree with you. I think you're starting to think like yeah, a little sharp there. I like Oof. that. It's I like. I think the I think the Rams are the team to to win this game because I think McVay's offense is going to figure them out. I do worry about their O line going up against Pittsburgh. Right. Um. But 
but I'm just not sure that I'm not sure the Pittsburgh is going to be able to score much in this game. Yep. I, I just don't, I don't see it. You know, I, yeah, nobody sees it. It's because there's nothing to see. Matt Canada's <laughs> offense yep. uh, has just been totally in the dark. So I, I, I agree with you. I think the Rams, I think the Rams prevail here. This is the uh, closest we have to a pickup, but uh, to a to a pick'em game all week, and that would be uh, Green Bay at Denver. The packs a one and a half point oh, f- packs a one and a half point favorite on the road. <laughs> we're gonna pick this game, but we're not gonna pick the Patriot game. Why? Lord, well, this is a well, just one. but only because only because the line's closer. I mean, you know, if we were going like yeah, I know, if, I know. If, actually, you know what? Is New, uh, here's my question: Is New England gonna cover the eight and a half? I, I I will I will be the guy that catches the falling knife and say yes they will. Okay, that's what I'll say. Okay, now let's that's get. All I'll say. All right, good. Now let's uh, get back right to the now, other. <laughs> Green Bay and Denver. Yeah. How, how gross Green is this Bay game? Green Bay and Denver is going to be gross. Uh, yeah. Totally gross. Like this is the this is the degenerate gambler uh, in the corner asking to have that one corner TV game. You oh, know? I love like, it. Can you put on the Packers Denver? I got the Broncos plus one and a half. I mean, it's just oh god, he's the worst. Um. So yeah, uh, saying that I do think the Broncos will win this game. You do, I actually, do I, I? Because I think the Packers, I think the Packers. You know, this is going to be a hard one for them. Uh, going on the road, hostile environment, tough place to play because of the altitude. Like I said, um, but I think the Denver offense is going to be able to do some things. Like Denver's offense has not been the issue. I think Russ is. Russ has actually, you know, made some plays down the field. They've been able to run the football. They got to get the ball in Williams, uh, Devontae Williams's hands. I mean, he's he's a real game changer, that dude. Um, but I think Jordan Love might struggle in this game. I okay. do. I, I think Jordan Love is going to have a little bit, a little bit of an issue without without Bakhtiari at left tackle. It's hard for him. He's under a lot more pressure now, and you know he's made some nice throws. I like the way he's throwing the football, but he's also made some throws where he's a little inaccurate. Um, as nice of a ball as he does throw, he's just a little inaccurate. And I think, I think Denver, I'm nervous about that defense, but I, I do think at the end of the day, they'll start figuring it out. And they responded last week. I mean, they almost beat the, the beat the chiefs and they held them down to what, 17 points or something. So right. I like, uh, I like Denver to win this game. Game of the week, Miami at Philly. Philly a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And this was in the case, by the way, this was another situation where the whole system quarterback thing came up in Miami uh, where, you know, and, and, you know, is Tua a product of the system in Miami? But uh, this should be a very, very entertaining game. Matter of fact, it's got the highest highest over and under of the week, too, 51-and-a-half by a large margin. Yeah. And I think that that's where I have an issue with the game is that I, I think that this game is is prime for an under because really I do not see how Miami is going to run the football without O line on the Eagles. This is a great bounce back spot for the Eagles. It's actually on the Sunday card. It's my favorite play of the week. I love the Eagles in this game. Uh, you're getting under a field goal, you know, against the Miami team that has a great offense. Don't get me wrong. But now they're going up to the wind of Philly in a tough environment against a team that's angry, that just lost, that gets to come home. And Jalen Hurts has been money in these spots at night, at home. He's been fantastic. One of the things that I noticed about um, Miami is that they are one of the worst tackling teams in the league. Mm -hmm. They have 48 missed tackles this year. That's tied for third in the league. 
Uh, and that's the last thing you need trying to tackle Jalen Hurts. I mean, how many times have we seen Jalen Hurts shove a guy off of him or keep a guy at bay and still make a throw and or run and, like, bounce off guys? I mean, we've seen it time after time. A.J. Brown, who the heck is covering him? I mean, guy's got four straight 100-yard games. His last three games, he's averaging more than 18 yards a catch. I mean, he's been outstanding, and they don't have anybody to cover him. I think the Eagles are going to squeeze the Dolphins' defense down because here's why. The Eagles have the number one third-down offense in the league. They have the number two team in time of possession. Uh, Miami's 20th on third-down defense and 20th on time of possession. So I think that Miami has gotten away with it playing a lot of bad, bad, bad teams. Yep. Um, You know, so – I think this is where the rubber meets the road. They're, they're going to see a pressure like they saw against Buffalo. Yep. Uh, and I think that's going to be the difference. I think Tua's time clock is going to get sped up. I love the Eagles in this spot. I like them big. I think, I think they can win this game. I'll even predict it. I think the Eagles win this game by two scores. Wow. Okay. Um, I I can't let you get out of here without asking about uh, what just came down uh, this week about uh, the University of Michigan now being accused of stealing signs. Man. I mean, it's (laughs) it's like they just get over, you know, the whole recruiting thing and Harbaugh takes, you know, a a three game suspension and now stealing signs. Really? Is that? I mean, what's going on? What's is is there is there anything to this or is this just a case of trying to pile on the University of Michigan? I think uh, apparently this is some 1994 rule that was trying to prevent. So I, 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 I'm kind of confused about what exactly they're getting accused of in terms of like who did what. Yeah. It sounds um, like, Dan, it sounds but, like what they're being accused of is sending people out to scout games and and like study the the opponent's signs during the game. It's one thing I guess if you if you pick something up during the game, but it sounds like they're being accused of systematically take having people go out to the other their opponent's games and and try to uh, steal their signs. <laughs> to me that is so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> to to make it a whole giant investigation over that. I mean, to me that that is like this is this seems like piling on to me. I yeah. mean, I, I get Harbaugh is very competitive in this and that, but I don't see it. I, I, I do think that there's some shenanigans going on between between somebody's tipping off somebody else and they don't like the university and, you know, they, they're coming up with some rule probably. this, that, and the other that, that they're violating. <laughs> it's it's totally ridiculous. It probably, you probably want to beat Michigan, beat them on the field. Probably started at Ohio State. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, somebody, somebody in Buckeye Land is, uh, is messing around. So, look, Michigan. I, I, I'm excited for this week of college football, uh, regardless of what's going on, investigations and all that other crap. I mean, uh, Penn State and Ohio State, man. Yep. That's a, that's gonna be the the one to see, right? I mean, that's gonna be a great game. Well, well the one to see last week was that uh, that Washington Oregon game, which was one of the most entertaining yeah. games of the year. And you know, I, I I get you wanting to, you know, you know. We're you know we like to gamble and we believe in our team and we're going to go for it all the time. But I just think there there are just our times where it just makes no sense. And that 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 decision by Oregon at the end of the game to uh, to go for it on fourth down at midfield <laughs> and and give Washington a short field just made no sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I I could see I could see his argument, but 
I think that's a tough call, man. That's, your season basically goes down. And their season's not over because they can still win the Pac-12. Right. You know, they could see Washington again. Um, and if they go one loss, does that get them in the playoffs? I don't know. Like, there's a lot of undefeated teams still. But, uh, yeah, tough tough break for Oregon. I thought they were the better team, honestly. And, you know, Washington, Penix, man, just went right <laughs> down the field. Uh, you know? And speaking of tough breaks, you know, Georgia was actually starting to look like the Georgia of old. And then they lose their big tight end Bowers to that ankle injury. And he's going to be out for at oh. least a month. That is an absolute killer for them. Thank God they have the easiest schedule <laughs> man uh, this year. So not playing Alabama or anything this, right. this year. So, uh, yeah, tough tough break for Georgia. That kid's really good. So we'll see. You know, we still a lot to go. But I keep saying, I keep repeating myself every week, those Liberty Flames. Oh, man, here we go. Know. Here we Look go. Yeah. Speaking of that, Watch your out. boy, your boy Malik Willis got some uh, run in Tennessee last week. It looks like. Got some time, yeah. You know, may- maybe, maybe it's time. That Tennessee just says, "Let's see what we got in this kid," because we know what we got with Ryan Tannehill, and his days his days may be over. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah, the it, Liberty it, Flame it, it, needs it, to get some time, huh? I, I think so. I, I, it's about time somebody said that, Gene. It's about time. <laughs> Dan, thank you very much for a few minutes, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, Gene. You're the best man. Dan Zampano here on Sports Country Radio. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, Here's some Gone West. Uh, Kobe Calais leads this uh, group. This was an outstanding song. We'll see you on Monday. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call.